0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jabroni Drive. My name is Tomaville, and as always, I'm accompanied by Mr. Timothy Schmidt. On this week's episode, we talk about Jey Uso, The Bloodline, and SummerSlam, Chad Gable, Brock Lesnar, and Cody Rhodes, LA Knight, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and The Rock, Judgment Day, Dirty Dom. And so much more. Will this be the greatest episode in the history of Jabroni Drive? Why not? Timmy, do you have anything you'd like to say to all the Schmitt and Lavellites out there?
1: If you haven't tuned into this podcast, let me tell you, I'm the first to let you know that this is the best there is. The best there was, and the best there ever will be
0: in any podcast in history. Timmy, I couldn't have said it better myself. You certainly are the straw that stirs this drink. Did I take that from you? Is that yours? Or yeah, you, that's, that's my that's my catchphrase. But... but that's you. You're you are the straw that stirs the drink. Goddamn right, I am. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to cover. We just came off a hot moment. Timmy, what happened? Where are we now that you and the honorary jabroni are watching NXT and text me about a big moment? Just walk us through what we just witnessed. I mean, just to to lead up to this moment, um,
1: the fact that we're tuning into NXT on a random Tuesday, back-to-back weeks, means that the wwe is doing something right i just want to i just want to put that out there to start okay and what they're doing with what they're integrating these wwe superstars with the nxt and they're creating storylines and they're developing characters and they're just they're doing a really good job tom and again tonight yeah, the main event from last night, from from last week,
0: was Dom versus Wesley, I believe his name is. Right. He called him right? out last week, said I wanted a shot at the North American Championship. And uh, <laughs> once again,
1: oh my god, Judgment Day shows up to NXT, uh, every single one of them, and they're committed, man. They are committed. And <laughs> Rhea, well, I mean, the whole judgment day interferes at the end of the match. Uh It's a great, honestly, it's a, it's a throwback where, yeah, everyone gets involved. The referee gets distracted. Rhea comes, comes with the belt, the women's, the women's belt that she currently holds and, and just smashes Wesley with the, with the belt on his head and Dom pins him and gets the win. And he is now holding gold. He is, uh, he is, He's a judgment day title champion right now. And it it looks like the judgment day is gonna be one of the more decorated factions in recent memory. I mean, look, the Usos held the tag team titles and obviously the unified heavyweight championship, but like, hey, I mean, they're they're getting close. They got they got three to their two. So
0: you know what, there's been a lot of talk of the Judgment Day possibly breaking up and whatever's going on. This is the first title one of the men from Judgment Day have won. And I know I say with Dom, I say men rather loosely. You know what I mean? Dirty Dom, you know, and I'm well, just he's... being I'm just kidding because obviously he's a big heel and everyone hates him, you know, but um, I, I definitely popped when he won. The title, Tim, what about the the travel for them? I mean, they were just in Atlanta last night. Now they're back in Florida for this. This is two weeks in a row where, you know, you've got to go. You've got to wake up, go to the airport, get to the city that you're working in, get there, perform, finish late at night. They were the main event last night, right, on Raw. They have to get done, go to the airport, get on a plane, Travel to Florida, get to Florida, land, get it in a hotel, go to NXT, main event again tonight. You know, this is two weeks in a row. I mean, these wrestlers, it's incredible what they do as far as their travel schedules and how much they put it. This is a lot of the reason why Brock Lesnar has the schedule that he has, because he says he's perfect for the in-ring look, but he just can't do the travel. How much is this like does this take time off of their careers all the travel you No. Think? No. I mean let's let's be realistic here. Um
1: so who performed last night? It was Damian Priest
0: and Dom, right? Yeah, Damian Priest and Dom and Rhea was attacked by uh by Liv Morgan. Um Finn was attacked by uh seth rollins i mean so dom's dom's back-to-back main events
1: dom's back-to-back but like i mean priest wrestled one night he came in he took a kick to the head i mean finn balor did two essentially run-ins like spots like it's not like they're asking a lot of these guys right like i know they do live events uh yeah during the week and stuff like that and and that's part of the schedule um and i mean if you're phrasing it like hey you know like oh my god the judgment day is going above and beyond i i disagree uh but they are making an effort to appear on multiple shows and and they are doing the flights to show up and it's it's impressive to see them on both programs um even though they were drafted to probably what right. where were they drafted
0: yeah oh. yeah yeah but they're on nxt now apparently you know <laughs> and this is all nick Khan. you know nick Khan is the guy that's in head uh he, he's he's one of the the higher higher ups in wwe he kind of set up the the deal the sale to um uh what's the name of the what what, the mother company of ufc the sale this past year of wwe and he has said that they're going to put an emphasis on bringing viewers to nxt because when you have smackdown that gets a lot of viewership you have raw that gets a lot of viewership these are the two of the highest viewed shows across cable television for the week and now you can add a third one in nxt and, and building those wrestlers. I mean, this was big for Wesley, the guy that that fought with Dom. And last week, it was big for Carmelo Hayes and and Trick and, you know, just that, that brand. And then, obviously, Ilya Dragunov and Braun Breaker, who we talked about last week. NXT is becoming a show that we're tuning into Raw NXT SmackDown. This is two weeks in a row and, I would say, three weeks in the last month or month and a half that we have tuned into NXT. So they're doing their thing yeah, the, with with bringing viewership to NXT.
1: Yeah, the exposure is certainly there. Um looking and look, if they continue to go this route, I mean, I, we're being forced now because of the storylines to invest into NXT, which is fantastic. I I, I love it. Um if if you're going to continue to push it, right? It's like I mean, it's almost like watching an NFL team, right? Like throughout the year, right? Like you want to see them win every week, right? And you want to see like how, how they overcome certain injuries. And it's week to week, something, something different changes, right? Like if that's the case, like I want to continue to invest in, in what they're putting out there. And I would love to see the storylines continue to unfold. I just watched a, uh, an interview this past weekend, um, of Vince Russo. Um, and he was talking about when he was writing for the WWE, uh, back in the attitude era and the interviewer said like, Hey man, like back in the, the attitude era, like every single roster member had like a storyline, like there wasn't a single guy that didn't have a storyline. Like the Godfather would bring out like his hose. Right. And like, right. Yeah like uh like who's uh the Steve Blackman was a lethal weapon and yeah. like just like the guys like the last couple guys on the roster always they all had storylines and it seems like what we're seeing is that they're building in that kind of mantra right like you can you can start to see like a lot of these guys have integrated like storylines now there's a couple of guys that are still in the abyss, right? And they have a, probably a bigger roster than they did then. But it seems like that that they're starting to get that same type of storytelling going on again um, in this era right now. And I appreciate it, and it's it's great to see, especially with me just getting back
0: into wrestling. It's 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 great that I, I feel like I haven't missed a beat almost. Tim, we are fortunate right now, and just like anything. There's peaks and valleys to everything. And right now in WWE, we are at a time where the storylines are good. You can be invested into it. It's entertaining. There was many years that it was like I was craving something, you know, and and they've done a great job in this past year. We just reached um, the full calendar year of Triple H taking over. As the head of you know creative and kind of running things after Vince stepped down. And so it's really been something that you he can go back and say, hey, look, this past year, let's look at our numbers, let's look at what we've done. We've broken all of these records. We've been able to set records here and here and here and here and here as far as sales, money, revenue brought in, um, sellouts. You know, they they haven't been selling out like this almost since the attitude era and what a fun time it is for all the wrestlers and especially all the fans. Now we talked about, we mentioned about a a possibility of a bloodline break or a bloodline, excuse me, a judgment day breakup at SummerSlam. They've been teasing this breakup. Obviously there's been some friction between Damian priest and Finn Balor with the money in the bank contract and all this other stuff. It's nice to see them finally put a belt on someone from the judgment day. So because this gives them the, the it validates them they come out now they're talking sh- we run wwe we run monday night raw we run nxt okay now you've got the the women's champion you've got the north american championship and i'm hoping this is the opportunity now for them to put some belts on finn and damian now, Tim, a, a crazy idea. Let me just throw this out there. You know how I like to just throw out maybe this happens or that happens. As we were talking about it, what if Damian Priest is the one to to take down Gunther and cash in on Gunther? What do you think about that? I wouldn't mind that. I mean,
1: the, the ultimate goal in my head for Gunther is to get him to the undisputed or world heavyweight title championship bouts right like that's right. where we need to get him at. yes so someone needs to take him down um yeah i told you back at um backlash that i i will not backlash i, I forget what, what it was maybe it was money in the bank. who when when did um
0: um ali mustafa ali i said that oh uh, no that was a crown jewel that crown was jewel. in yeah that was over in saudi arabia so i i thought
1: that you know, Mustafa Ali would take him down. And I felt like that was a big enough up- upset for, for that to go down. And, you know, he would probably hold the title for like 10 days and then he'd get beat on Raw or something like that, which would be great. But he's, Guther is now starting to take in, he's always been an alpha, but he's now grabbing the mic.
0: He's. That was great. I loved what he man. did on Raw with that. I thought he stood up and he like, People, they were booing like he did it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. He And so what we're talking about is, uh, you know, in Raw, if you guys have not seen it, Gunther, after he beats Riddle for the third time in four weeks, uh, <laughs> um, he takes the mic and steps on the announcer's table, and he does a great promo where he just, look, it's, it's hard for him to mess that type of promo up because he's already a heel. Like, he doesn't have to do much talking he already has the crowd hating him right and he just gets up and he talks talks smack to to Drew McIntyre and he says hey you want a piece come get it right that's essentially right. what he's saying and um you know he tells the crowd to shut up and you know it goes over okay like you know if I if I gave that promo to
0: to 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 you, you wouldn't have ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, he did a great job. But so just to add to it, I'm envisioning this. Look, I feel like Gunther has to break Honky Tonk Man's record. He's He's this close. There hasn't been an Intercontinental Champion this close in quite some time. And I feel like he's the one that's going to break the record. And now Gunther will hold the record for the longest Intercontinental title reign. Now, that won't happen until I believe September 7th. So that means he would win at SummerSlam and he would win, you know, moving forward after that for the next month. Now, I feel like that sets up for an incredible cash-in moment for Damian Priest, where if you have the money in the bank, you're looking for this moment where people are going like, wow, that was insane, that was crazy, yada, yada, yada. And it also then would set up for if they were to do this war games type of thing like they did with Survivor Series last year, you get a Judgment Day versus Imperium. And maybe an Ilya Dragunov joins Imperium and you have now some members of Imperium. Those four you've got, you know, Gunther, Ilya Dragunov. You've got uh, the other two guys, Vinci and Vinci. We couldn't remember the other guy's name last... And I was driving in my car and I remembered it. But when I have a couple drinks, I always forget it. But uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And so you have those four guys versus the Judgment Day with possibly a Baron Corbin in a war games type thing, right? If he takes down Gunther, that can lead to those two factions going at it for a little bit, maybe a war games. And then maybe if Finn Balor wins the heavyweight championship... You get Gunther versus Finn Balor, and he wins that heavyweight championship, putting the main title on Gunther. Like, we, we, that has to happen at some point because Gunther is such, you know, he's such a talent that you have to have a main title on him.
1: Well, the, the second best thing going right now in the WWE is certainly the Judgment Day. They've elevated this fashion. Um, they've put some belts on it they've created some turmoil internally with them to make us think that like, Hey, this isn't going to last, but you know, now it seems like they've right. They've right in the ship. And it, it, it seems like we're heading in the right direction with this, this faction. And you said it before, Tom, before we got on the podcast, if they decided to break this, this faction up at SummerSlam for some reason, if, if they have a Damien priest turn on, you know, Finn or whatever. There's cracks in that franchise. It's like, what what were we doing? Why why do we do this for the last year and a half? Right. And then and then why do we put so much stock into the last month before SummerSlam to build this faction up just to tear them down so quickly?
0: And have it be over. Yeah. I think the 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 division between Finn and Damien is just a little kernel now that they planted okay we've planted this we planted this seed and we got past it we're going to move on you know kind of like what they've done with the bloodline and i feel like that's the beginning of that long term story that leads to an eventual breakup maybe more around a wrestlemania time or just after that you know where you have different chapters of the story remember when finn and damien were struggling back here and then you know that something happens and then maybe at the uh you know in a couple months another thing happens but they get over it and then another th- you know it's it's that long-term step storytelling that i feel like they have the opportunity now to do and the 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 strike while the iron's hot Give the belt. I feel like Finn has to win at SummerSlam, and he gets that main title, and you got the main title on him. You got the main women's title on Rhea. You got the United States Championship, and then you give Damian Priest a cash-in against Gunther, and you got a faction that can come out and talk shit. We're the best. We run this. We're awesome. We're this and that. And it's like, how can you argue? They have every belt, and now I'm invested in Judgment Day and if they weren't to do something along those lines, and they this just breaks up at SummerSlam, like you said, what a waste of time. So, we've talked about Judgment Day a lot. Timmy, do you have any more final comments on that before I move on? Or
1: no, I mean, I talked about my. Uh, I just wanted to address my prediction about Baron Corbin. Uh, yeah. So there was a, a vignette today again.
0: On I missed it. I was doing something. So you're you're yeah. enlightening me here. Sorry
1: yeah so there was a vignette on nXt. I caught that like in the very beginning, and it was a very similar vignette that we saw last week, Tom and Baron Corbin's walking up this like flame lit path dirt path and he's talking about like you know his trials and tribulations and and there's an individual sitting at the the end of that that flame path and they showed who that individual was who was it? It was himself. Are you kidding me? No. So he walks up, and the guy in the hood turns around. He takes down his hood, and it's it's he's looking at Baron Corbin himself, and he's like, "I gotta, yeah, I gotta fight my own demons." And it's like, (sighs) I'm like so disappointed in it. I'm like, it's just, I felt like you could push this dude into that where I talked about, you know, getting him into the Judgment Day and having them like, in a place where, like, dude, see what it did with, for Dom. I mean... Yeah. You could push him into a different stratosphere. Now I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest, but, I mean, it could give him immense heat to the point where people hate him to the point where they want to see him more. Right? Yeah. And... It just it feels like it's not going that direction. So I saw yeah, that because tonight.
0: I feel like the North American title for Dom is almost a throwaway title. Okay, he has it now. You get the picture of them with some titles and this and that, and they come out and they can brag and whatever. But he can lose the title next next couple weeks and no big deal. And then if you have a guy like you know, like you were saying, if you have Baron Corbin join and they win the tag titles. And they knock off Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the two baby faces, and you get a little feud with that. Man, they, those guys would have some heat. Like it would be white hot heat. Like the crowd would be ready because they already don't like Baron Corbin, you know? And of no. course they don't like Dom at all. And next thing you know, you throw the titles on them and they win in a, a cheating kind of way. Man, I feel like that really sets up for some compelling stories. And, if they're just going to have Baron Corbin be like, I need to reevaluate myself and I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest battle I'm going to have is against me. Eh. Timmy, I think you had it right. So I'll send an angry email to WWE, you know, and we'll figure this <laughs> out. All right. So moving forward, Timmy, we had a big week last week. And and as you mentioned your video coming in, we, we've gotten several comments and several likes and if you're listening right now and you're liking what we're doing, we are obviously passionate about the WWE and professional wrestling. And we hope you are too. Please give us a a, a like, a, a follow, a subscribe, if whatever whatever avenue you've decided to go on to to listen to Jabroni Drive. Whatever drive you've decided to go on to listen to us, Jabroni Drive. Is that a good one? Um, I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Please, please give us a follow and tell anyone that you know that's a a fan of professional wrestling to to like us so big comment from um this past episode that we talked about comes from big kojima 4787 he just commented this is awesome likes our show he says it's awesome he said this is awesome thank you for the comment big kojima kojima whatever it is from braylon brown about your video about baron corbin Joining the Judgment Day. I've been saying this. I need Lone Wolf Baron Corbin in the Judgment Day. And he says, obviously, he wouldn't be the Lone Wolf if he's in the Judgment Day anymore. From Michael Corey, this goes out to your finishing moves in the pool with your daughter. Obviously, we're wrestling fans, and that translates into our real lives and having fun with our kids. And uh, Michael Corey says... So many finishers there, lol. Timmy, I think I counted five finishers you did that we put in that little uh short vid. And uh as we said earlier, you were throwing your daughter to the moon. Is that what it's is that what it's called? Well, that's what they asked me to do, is throw
1: them to the moon. But I've I've changed it now into uh WWF finishers, WWE finishers. There's a lot that I couldn't pull off. Like I, I wanted to do the uh the sharpshooter just it's not going to happen on the bottom
0: of the pool you know <laughs> how'd you drown your daughter well uh it's a finishing move from the uh you know 80s to yeah. mid 90s it was very yeah. popular sharpshooter excellence sp- of execution maybe you've yeah, heard of
1: the, the spear didn't work really all that well you know i would have to spear her off the deck into the water and I'm a lot bigger than her, so it just there's a lot of a lot of moves that I wanted to do, just couldn't pull off. Tom,
0: Timmy, maybe next time we can see a uh, an angle slam. What do you think about that?
1: Oh yes, I always forget about the angle slam. Yeah, I should do that.
0: Or a torture rack, maybe. I feel like a torture rack might Which be. Which rack's
1: solid too? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Lex Luger.
0: Lex Luger paying homage to homage. Lex Luger. Homage. Shout out to homage sponsor of the show. Homage uh, t-shirt. Major
1: is- sponsor of the show.
0: <laughs> we appreciate their shirts. Hundred percent polyester. Tim, you like my shirt? I think we should have addressed it on my, on our, our our other show, Schmidt and Lavelle. Yeah, if
1: anyone doesn't know, that shirt is telling everyone that Tom is born in the nineteen eighty
0: three year, and not, and not cool, as we and not cool. not cool. Tom tries to be cool. All right, so Tim, another big story from this week: Jay Uso, another compelling story on on Friday Night SmackDown. He came out. He he cuts another great promo. I'm a huge Jey Uso fan. I loved the promo. I loved his back and forth with with the uh, with Paul Heyman and Solo. And then he he beats him down, gives a super kick to uh, Paul Heyman. Solo, you know, gets protects Paul after he takes a couple chair shots, and they they hightail it out of there. Tim, is there any way that Jey Uso? beats Roman Reigns at SummerSlam is this the 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 end of Roman's Roman's reign as you will is it is it possible
1: no i i addressed this last week i'll address it again this week there's no way that they let he's he's already pinned Roman Reigns for the first time in 3 years there's no way that they're going to allow him to pin him again, and then also put the strap on him. There's no shot. There's no shot in hell that they do that. He. It's a great story the way that they built this up. Um. Yeah, you know, he's bad on everybody. He's obviously taken up. Yeah, you know, the mantle for for Jimmy Uso, who's in the hospital right now, and <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, he has the Cody Rhodes. Uh, you know.
1: No, he does not because Cody Rhodes is probably gonna have another fucking another wristband on or some sort of <laughs> goddamn brace brace on his arm. Slang. Um sling. Yeah, but it, it it's just not in the cards, in my opinion. It's not the route they should go. The way that WWE has been playing all their storylines, there's no shot that they put the belt on. Jay or so. Even though he's I'm not saying he's worthy of it. I just think that he needs more time. I said this in the past. I'll say it again. Um, he needs more one-on-one activity. He needs to build his solo career up before he's able to even win a title. That's my opinion.
0: You know, it's tough because, like you said, is he worthy of it? He's certainly worthy of it, you know, through the years of of wrestling with WWE, uh, being tag team. He's had this storyline for three years. You could say this is his finish, but there's just there's just no way I feel like it's happening because they want to hold Roman for another WrestleMania match, you know, and to have it end at SummerSlam, I just and this is me like I feel like it works for the story, but I just don't feel like it works for WWE as a business. Am I is that tell me, fair to tell say? Me, tell me how it worked when so
1: a long time tag team uh individual named kofi Kingston, Kingston. I'm sorry, Kingston. Was able to get the WWE title, right? Like he was a longtime tag team partner, right? Correct. He was part of the New Day, and then all of a sudden he wins. He was part of the New Day, well, right?
0: Kofi was a singles guy. He was by himself. He was this Jamaican, you know. His finishing move is Trouble in Paradise. He was like this Jamaican guy, and they kind of put that like role on him. And then he joins the Judgment Day, or Judgment Day. Then he joins the New Day. And the New Day eventually wins Tag Team Gold. They have become, at the time, the longest reigning tag team in the history of tag teams. And then this other story develops. Kofi Mania. It was. It started kind of at Elimination Chamber. Kofi started. La- he was lasted long, and the crowd really got behind it because. No one really saw Kofi being the guy to win elimination championship. Just thought, okay, Kofi's in this. He's going to do something exciting. But as far as winning it, he doesn't have a chance. And then he comes down to the final guy, and it's like, whoa, Kofi might win this. And I think the higher ups saw, wow, what a reaction for Kofi. And I feel like they played into that and did like things with that because of that reaction. But to me, it was almost like forced. And I might be, I might be. You know, other people might not agree with that, but I just, I think, as we've talked about prior on the show, I think Kofi Mania was a great moment, was a great match, but a little overrated, in my opinion. But my opinion was, or so my
1: point is, there was some singles like push for him a little bit, right? Like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm a tag team partner. And then all of a sudden, hey, the next week I got a title shot,
0: right? Oh, yeah, right. He had he had, had a history of singles competition and being a champion, you know, intercontinental and maybe United States um, champion prior to joining a tag team. And then he had some singles success outside uh, after the tag team and then got his run.
1: And Jay has none of that.
0: Yeah, that's not true. But he's he had it during the COVID years. So it was the beginning of this story three years ago was Jimmy was hurt and Roman wanted to become the tribal chief and him and Jimmy Jay had a series of matches where Roman basically beat him down at some at the end of it and kind of reeked him, if you're a little uh you know, little shout out to game of thrones you know he beat him down into being quote-unquote the right-hand man castrated him yeah he didn't castrate him (laughs) he he, i mean if you watch the i mean it's very uh emasculating what he did you know you know he basically made him get down and say you know i'm your tribal you're my tribal chief you know and you're you're the the leader of this group him and uh him and Jimmy, he may do, but Jimmy was out. Jimmy was hurt. And so there was a series. That's why they call him um main event. Jay Uso. Cause that was kind of his character that he took on at that point. Ah. And there was like, uh probably like a four month period where Jimmy was doing all these singles matches and saying that he had had all this talent to, to go and be a main event guy. And Roman was saying, you're not that guy. And you know,
1: you're not that down. guy
0: pal you're not that guy pal and uh at the time you know Roman beat him down and but those were tough matches because they didn't have any fans you know what I mean it was in front of nobody like but like the storytelling on it was like kind of like now it was top notch like they they were really doing a good job of acting and stuff like that in front of nobody and the final payoff would be you know him being the one to but I, and I agree with you. I don't think he wins at SummerSlam. But I think when Roman does lose, Jay will have a hand in, you know, making sure he loses that match. He might be the guy that pulls the trigger and then costs him the match for Cody to win or whoever. Sure. So... Yeah, but I don't think he wins it at SummerSlam. I think, um, but if he did, I wouldn't be like too upset because if he did, I feel like that does set up for, for another big name to come in and face Roman uh, if you smell what I'm cooking. <laughs> All right, so Timmy, on Raw this week, you're not going to believe it. We had two tag teams go at it. I don't know if you could guess. They seem to be having a bit of a rivalry. Have you seen any of their matches recently? I'm talking about... none. Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. None. I haven't seen a single match yet. Timmy, how many weeks in a row is this with them having some sort of match on Monday Night Raw? Is this five, six weeks in a row? I think it's up to nine, Tom. (laughs) it's a niner either way it it kind of incredible that we've had so many matches with them and so much stuff going on and we're building a story here this match was highly entertaining i i loved the match particularly because i'm a huge fan of alpha academy and chad gable Tim, I can't speak enough about how much I like Chad Gable and what he does in ring. And I feel like his character is really funny, too, and an entertaining character. And even Maxine Dupree, Otis, Otis, if you will, they're just they're entertaining when they're out there. I like watching them because they make me laugh. They're funny. I can go along with them. I can do the thank yous and stuff like that. But when Chad Gable's in the ring, I mean, he's doing the flying headbutts. He's jumping all over around. He did the moonsault to a suplex of some guy that's probably 300-plus pounds. And, Tim, not even – that suplex, he lifted him and, like, held him. It wasn't like he just threw him. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that was almost like a perfect plex. It was was incredible. Um, Tom, I think – I'm starting to pick up on our dynamic, me and you, because you kind of gauge me – as like a new viewer to see what my reaction is to certain matches and certain feats by these wrestlers. And I think you're entertained by that. And when I watched that alpha Academy, like Viking, like what were they? The Viking Viking Raiders Raiders. So let me just take it quickly through the match. And I'm not going to go move for move, but like when I, I was so skeptical on this whole situation because I've seen it eight times in a row. They've done this match time and time again. There's been, you know, there's been uh, disqualifications. There's been pinfalls. It just, it's just like one thing after another. And then they stole the jacket. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like, this is so bad. Like, what? where are we going with this? And then, like, I see the the match on Monday night and they have – the ring surrounded by a boat. It, they turned the ring into a, a Viking ship. And there's. <laughs> How stupid the sh- was it?
0: It was so there's, stupid.
1: There's like shields all over the place. Yeah, and
0: the all- shields. I mean, come on. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they made it work, but I and mean, I'm, the match uh, as, a, as a whole was kind of like, what are we yeah. doing here?
1: So I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is going to be so bad. And Tom, the spots in, the, in this match were just like. Eye-opening, like Otis. I, I don't know which one he caught. It was either Eric or Ibar. Ibar does like a like a bounce off the ropes and like a catapult. He catapults himself into Otis, and Otis catches him in the midair and then slams him. Like that's a that's a three hundred and thirty pound man that you just caught in the mid in mid air and then turned it into you know a side- sidewalk slam or whatever it was. Um, you know what? What Chad Gable has done, like that, was the most impressive thing. And you you alluded to it like before we started talking about this. Um, when he does the moonsault, right, lands on top of him. I think Otis already had him pit or it was getting pinned. He breaks off the 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 count, and then grabs him from the waist and does a full on suplex. And holds it, yeah. with With his shoulders pinned on a three hundred, and Chad Cable can't be more than two hundred and ten pounds.
0: Yeah, right. There's,
1: there's no way he's more. He's five heavier than that.
0: ten at most, maybe. And yeah, he threw he throws these guys around. If he was six foot, he'd be world
1: champion already, dude. He's a monster, and. It's just incredible what this guy does, and it's just—I don't know if it's a shame that he's stuck in this little. Like he is, it sucks because he's like he's like
0: baby Kurt Angle. He is exactly baby Kurt Angle, a hundred percent,
1: and everyone sees that. And it's it's hard for these guys, these Olympic guys, to to come into the WWE, and make a name for himself after what Kurt Angle did because he's one—he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best that ever do it. And it sucks that they're in his shadow and it's hard to shed that. And I don't, I don't know where else you can go with it. Like w- what else can you do? Like the dude is, is essentially- I don't know
0: what else he can do. It's tough because his size is like, it, it hurts him. But if he keeps plugging away, and he keeps doing his thing, and he keeps giving us these entertaining moments. The crowd loves Chad Gable. You when he so did I mean, that I... suplex, the place was like buzzing, like whoa. You know what I mean? Everyone was so like, even, well,
1: I think even the announcers were blown away. They're yeah. like, what? Like yeah. what? And I know they oversell a lot of stuff, but like that's no, that. No, that was
0: genuine. Stuff. That was genuine. And like your point when you saw, talked about Otis, Otis. When he caught him, and you saw the reaction from the announcers too, like, "Oh man, I'm trying to." Titus O'Neil was there and was like, "Whoa!" Like he jumped out of his seat, was like, "Wow!" Like, did you yeah. see that? And then the ta- like Corey Graves is going nuts, and the whole the whole arena is buzzing after that. Like the set of moves, and he does it every time he's out there, and it's almost like too he- he's so good that it's just expected almost like a Kurt Angle where his matches like Kurt Angle doesn't get talked about as like the casual fan doesn't talk about him as one of the greatest of all time. But in ring, you could argue he's one of the greatest, like there's no argument. He is one of the greatest of all times in ring. You could argue he's the best in ring of all time. No one's ever picked it up as quickly as Kurt Angle, but Chad has very, very parallels, a lot of parallels with him and Chad, you know? So Chad Gable I, he just needs Why to be one? put into a storyline. They need to be put into a right. real storyline where people, they already love him. Give him that Sami Zayn storyline where he's going against unbeatable odds and have Alpha Academy come out and do something, and the place will lose their minds. Like they just, and I think they're starting as soon as they can dump the Viking Raiders. Like they're so good, they're making Viking Raiders matches entertaining. You know what I mean? Like yeah,
1: they caught they caught the L uh on Monday night and they were they were probably the second they might have even been the best match. Um I mean between them and the the main event those two those two matches were fantastic.
0: Delivered big time. Great raw, by the way. We mentioned that before like we were talking Dude, about. it was a, we, very entertaining.
1: And I and I'll say I I know that we we didn't plan on on touching on the main event at Raw, but it was one of the better finishes. Um did you watch it?
0: Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I checked it out. I mean, you know me, like it's for, for those of you listening, like we're on a group text and we 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 talk about the matches going on and it's funny because you and the honorary Jabroni are out there. You guys are are watching it and texting back and forth live. And then like two hours later, I'm like, okay, I just started. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, Tom wasn't able to see
1: it live, but uh, me and the HJB, uh, the honorary Jabroni, <laughs> <Donnery> um, Jabroni. <laughs> um, we were watching it live. And the finish of the main event was exceptional. It was definitely in my mind a makeup from the previous week where there was a lot of rumors about uh some turmoil backstage about how that that ended and it was with four of the six guys that that participated in that match. So it was clear that they wanted to go out and and sell a match better than they did the previous week and they certainly did that um that that match in my mind, I thought, I really thought that KO and Sam Zane were going to drop the belts and yeah, they came through and obviously won the match, but it was finisher after finisher. um, And there was just so much movement in that match in the last, like,
0: like, I don't know, minute and a half. Three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it, it was just, it you was. we got incredible. Liv
0: Morgan coming out and attacking Rhea. And then you have the back and forth in the ring. And then, you know, KO comes in and stuns Damien, which lets Sammy get the Huluva kick and finish. It was it was great, and the crowd was super hot. Sellouts, like we're saying every week, WWE is is at one of these peaks right now where they're just they're selling out everywhere. I mean, how fun this must be to be a professional wrestler right now, where you know you're going and you got another sellout and another sellout and another sellout. And they talk about it all the time with the like the Attitude Era and how it was just, like, so much fun to go to each arena every week and have well, this. They're
1: like, they're like rock stars, dude. I mean. Yeah, they,
0: absolutely.
1: And I sent you a picture. My my buddy, Ryan McGinley, uh, he ran into, he flew into Atlanta on on Monday and ran into Rhea and, and Finn Daler and Dom in the airport, and they're taking pictures in the middle of the airport. It was cool. That it's is like cool. A cool. It's a cool thing, man.
0: Yeah. So. Shout out to Chad Gable. Shout out to that main event. Another great Raw. And a big part of Monday Night Raw was Cody Rhodes calling out Brock Lesnar. They added the, the element of Cody Rhodes's mom. This was his hometown. His mom was in the front row. He's calling out Lesnar. The music hits. Uh, no one comes out. Maybe this is just mind games. Music hits again. Cody goes into the back. Brock's there waiting for him. They don't show it, which is, I think, some cool camera work. And, you know, we're big movie guys, and that was, I think, some a, a cool way to do it where you hear some things, and then you see the chair come flying out, and then here comes Brock out with Cody, and he's got him, and he's throwing him around, and this and that. And he kind of ragdolls him around, does the F5 in front of the mom, throws him in the Kimura lock, brings him into the ring, throws him into the Kimura lock again, accepts the challenge. Timmy, there's a lot of rumors out there that there should be a stipulation with this SummerSlam match which would be the third match and kind of I would say the the final match of this series between Cody and Brock. I feel like after this one Cody will move on to another um challenge maybe. What stipulation would you like to see if there is in fact a stipulation at SummerSlam with Cody and uh and Brock?
1: Tom, I thought about this long and hard. Um it's been something that's troubled me for quite some time. If I think the <laughs> stipulation should be if if Cody wins the match, Brock Lesnar then has to tell everyone why he attacked Cody in the first place.
0: <laughs> I actually it, like that stipulation because <laughs> I would just like an answer at this point. Timmy, how long has it been? Three months now. Is it been Oh, <laughs> I mean...
1: it's it's been terrible. Yeah. Um.
0: No. I, I look. To be honest,
1: it, it. I saw the actual promo, um. Not the promo, but like the actual like. Oh, the, you know, we have the match set. It's it's official, and it's just Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rose. and I'm like, we've seen that twice already, right? Like, what I saw was cody talking about a street fight and talking about you know taking it to brock and like why not make it a no no holds barred match and let let it let it rip dude like we saw that. blood we saw as you say color in the last match why not why not make it a no holds barred match and create that possibility that that even like the slightest chance of that happening again in people's minds because it it was so raw that the last time it happened and I would love to see it go down again I would love to see but like I'm I'm starting to really get kind of tired of like the whole Camor lock my arms broken like like this has to be it like this is I'm done with the Cody Brock thing after SummerSlam if it continues I'm done I I'm seriously done like Cody finishing the story thing is done for me. Like it, it's gotta, it's gotta be done. This is the third time; it has to be over and done with after this.
0: Yeah, I think it will be, Tim. So, I, you know, in the history of wrestling, and obviously, this feud can can heat back up maybe in a year from now or something along those lines. Like, it's not, it's not like it has to be completely done for the end of time. But this is the third match. You know, this has to be the. You know, we had the first one where Cody stole a win. We had the second with the color. We had the second one where Brock Lesnar beats him down until until he passes out and and, and he gets the win. And now the third one, it has to be I would like to see something. I would love to see a dog, a dog collar match. Have you ever seen a dog collar match Tim? Now, this is yeah. something they usually don't have in WWE. It's been quite some time, a dog collar match, and I feel like it's something that's like you get some ruthless, like these two are going at each other. They're connected at this point. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be this or that. That or a strap match, which is, I feel like, more WWE, but it's still them connected. You have his arm that's that's messed up, and in a strap match, you have to go touch the four corners uh, of the uh, ring, to win the match in a simultaneous thing. So, something along those lines, I would like that to have it be like this final send off. These guys are matched. You know, people have talked about Hell in a Cell. They talk about Cage. But I just feel like something brutal. I, they've mentioned an I quit match. I'm not really digging the I quit match because I don't think you get Brock Lesnar to say, you know, he's not going to say I quit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that hurts him, you know, tapping out or whatever. So I'm going with a uh, with a, a dog collar or a uh, strap match. I would love to see, but uh, it is setting up for quite a SummerSlam with with matches. We got Jey Uso and Roman. We've got you know um, Logan Paul versus Ricochet. We've got the uh, Cody versus Lesnar match. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus match. But uh, so something I want to talk about is 1998 SummerSlam. Tim, we I asked you to do some homework this uh today actually, and there was a ladder match <laughs> between Triple H and The Rock. And if you haven't checked it out, or maybe you've forgotten about it, please go check this match out. It's a classic match. Hard hitting match. This is 1998. Okay. It's for an Intercontinental Championship. It's a ladder match. These guys had had an incredible feud in this feud, which started probably right after WrestleMania, led into the King of the Ring, which is a very famous King of the Ring, 1998, Hell in a Cell, Mankind, Undertaker. But in that King in a Ring, you know, it led to the following night and the final, which led to the infamous promo where DX came out in their black face and cut it on the nation of domination but you have two rising stars triple h versus the rock Oh, d- what what's going on
1: no i just saw uh, and i i no, i uh you just referenced that promo and i just saw um an interview with debo brown talking about his and yeah he talked about how uh how road dog kind of oversold his character during that like little promo yeah and that and that like people didn't really know who he was and like after road dog did that like people started catching on to who d lo brown was um he said that the pro he said he was completely fine with the the promo um but he said honestly like looking back like the way it is now like wish that they didn't do blackface but like he said he felt like it was completely fine like he said he liked liked how it, the crowd reacted to it it was that's what wrestling is you know it's it's storytelling and he said it, it just went over really well and I had no issues with the promo whatsoever so uh, I thought it was pretty uh,
0: interesting a uh, little, little interview from that's uh, pretty D'Lo cool Brown. you know what like and not to get into that promo too much you know because it's hard to say like what like i remember watching it as a kid and loving that promo i thought it was so funny i thought they like did it and like almost an innocence of not knowing that blackface was i guess super inappropriate you know what i mean and and knowing that it was a a shot at them but just in the attitude era it was no holds bar and so we were like Oh my god, did you see that promo last night and he did Fat Albert and we knew Fat Albert from, you know, Cosby, being a Philadelphia guy and whatever and yep. you know, just all these things and we just thought it was a dig and it wasn't like it wasn't like it is now. Everything is so racial and so this and that and like so offensive that as a kid when I watched that, it was just entertainment and not meant to be. Now, of course, I'm a white kid watching it. So I don't know how necessarily a, a black kid would view that. But to me, it wasn't something that was, you know, it wasn't to to be racist. It's just, they were being those characters and they were making all the digs that I'm and in. It, and it's cool for d to say, like it actually helped his career of another interview. I saw with d was talking about, how he came into doing his, his uh, neck thing. And I know we're going off on a little bit of a, a tangent here, but uh. He was watching Friday, and you know, the Chris Tucker, you just got knocked the fuck out, right? He says to the guy. And so the next night, um, Rock is fighting Ken Shamrock. He smashes him in the head with a chair, which is an infamous chair shot. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Shamrock is on his knees in the ring, says, Come on, hit me with a chair. And Rock just fucking nails him. And they he know he hears JR saying, Oh, we'll be back in a moment. And so he in his mind says, I know we're going to commercial. I want to get my. I want to get something in so people can hear me on TV. You know, and he goes over to him and he shakes. You just got knocked the fuck out, right? And they go to commercial, and then when they go back in the curtain, and Vince goes to him, Dilo, what, what was that you just did? You know, with your, yeah, you know, I like that. You gotta, you gotta keep doing that. You know, and so that's when he said, "Well, Vince, tell me to do it." I just started <laughs> doing that more often, but so this feud is one of the like. I don't, want to, I don't want to say a forgotten feud, but one of the better feuds of the Attitude Era, you have two guys that were are, are Hall of Famers, you know, that are have had incredible careers in ring, and then The Rock, obviously, is one of the most famous people in the world, movie star, stuff like that. This match was great. The beginning was great. You have the guys, the bands coming out, singing a song, hard-hitting, definitely. T- I remember watching this match, and I think it kind of gave the rock a little bit of cred there too, because it was more of that hardcore match. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Like it was the ladders. It was the bumps off the ladder. It was, you know, and uh, it triple H took a lot uh, uh, of shots here and like suplexes onto the ladder. And like, it just was like, to me, it was the match and the crowd was so hot for these two, because like two guys that were just on the just like beginning to be superstars in this in this they were white hot yeah Yeah. white hot and just like Um, at the very beginning of their 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 ride like they were right like just coming to like that next level of real big time championship players.
1: Yeah now I mean there's there's times where I see um matches that occur over the course of like the last two years Right. And I'm watching like guys like Gunther and Um Seamus and these dudes just beat the shit out of each other. And I don't remember seeing those guys in the past, like Triple H and Iraq, and doing that to each other
0: all that often. I mean, am I crazy or am I right? Well, this was one of those matches. If that's what you're saying, like I was watching it and it's so funny because when I rewatched it, I was like, man, this is like, it reminded me of Gunther. I was like, man, this is like one of those matches where they're laying it in. Triple H is infamous for that. Like he was a guy that was ready to lay it in and get hit, you know, this and that. And the rock so much too, but the rocks big selling point wasn't necessarily as in the ring, in any hardcore like stuff like that but was his character you know
1: yeah he could sell anything
0: yeah he could i mean he's maybe the most entertaining person in wwe history honestly and that in his in his record speaks for that in in hollywood but so triple h in a recent interview talked about that that um Rivalry. And if you haven't checked out that match or you haven't seen it in a while and almost forgotten about it, a classic match, a 1998 SummerSlam ladder match between Triple H and The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship, go check it out. You won't be disappointed. But Triple H talked about his biggest disappointment with or regret with that feud with The Rock is that they never got that kind of WrestleMania send off, you know. And so well, he was talking about it and how what what's going on? What's that? Are you No,
1: no, no, no. I i remember a uh a promo. A promo yeah. A, promo a couple years done. ago. Yeah. Whether it's him and, and Triple H and their Stephanie's in the room and yeah they're talking they they keep on doing their lines back and forth and they get really close and
0: <laughs> they're yeah.
1: like nose to nose and like millions of people and the, in the greatest stadium in the world, I would definitely beat you. <laughs> like, they go back and forth. It's really good. It's like, it's it's comedic genius, to be honest with you. Um, and it's like something like, like Triple H has always been pretty, not, not dry. I mean, he's always been good. But like, when he gets on that side of like the comedy era, like when he's in DX, right? Like you see that side of him. Where he starts to let loose. Like yeah. it, there's like there's two sides of Triple H, right? It's like that that one side that's just like an asshole, like fuck you. And yeah. then the cerebral the
0: assassin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then and then it's the DX Triple H where he, he could be as goofy as he could possibly be. And and that promo was awesome. And it, it speaks to what you're talking about. Like
0: they talk about it in that promo, but it never happened. Well, you know what? That's what he said later on in the interview. Is The Rock said he wanted the match at WrestleMania, and they were supposed to do it, and it just didn't happen because of The Rock's schedule. So they never got to have. They were supposed to have that match in two thousand, and at WrestleMania they ended up having a Fatal Four Way. It was like the Big Show, Triple H. Mick Foley who I think was retired at the time and then came back for that match so he was supposed to be retired and then he comes back or whatever and was it the rock but whatever so they had the fatal four way I think Triple H ends up winning it because I think he had won the Royal Rumble that year but then they end up having like I want to say an Iron Man match a couple months later and but it wasn't on the grandest stage in them all so his biggest regret is they didn't get that like kind of had that culmination of that feud, that big final battle that they should have had, and there was a couple years where there was teasing of it happening, and for whatever reason, scheduling it couldn't work out, and unfortunately, with Triple H's health now, it doesn't look like it's really gonna happen. All right, so Timmy, last thing I want to talk about, Am my, I, I hope I'm on, I hope I'm on the right schedule. You know me, sometimes I forget things, but so. Kevin Nash. I want to talk about Kevin Nash, a big uh, a guy for Triple H, and just shortly, um, he's got a lot of comments about one of our favorite guys going right now, Mister L A. Knight. L A. Knight has a big uh, fatal four way match this weekend, and if he wins that, he will face uh, Pablo uh, Escobar for wait, not <laughs> Pablo, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of Pablo Escobar, haven't you? (laughs) Where are they fighting? (laughs) Medellin? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Medellin. He's built his own ring now. He's got his wrestlers come down. He's got his own show. The biggest struggler. Yeah. Sets up for an amazing story. (laughs) You know? I think they're going to start a new faction with the cartel. You know, it's going to be the cartel versus the bloodline at
1: Survivor.
0: I can't even think of Escobar's first name now. What is it?
1: Was it is it, S- is it Sando it Sandel Escobar?
0: I have no idea. But so, either way, we're thinking that La Knight is going to win that match, and. Kevin Nash has had a lot of things to say about LA Knight recently. And to me, and we talked about it last week, this guy just needs to like, stop. You know what? He, he, he not only like made comments, like dissing LA Knight, And I really feel like he got a text from triple H like, yo dude, like that's like my number four merch sales guy in the biz right now. He's super over. Why are you talking about it? So he, he, he goes on to, Quasi-apologize If LA Knight, if he's the chosen one If he's the people's champion Then he's the people's champion It doesn't fucking matter to me If his segments do a number And that fucking helps WWE Which I'm a stockholder And it makes my buddy fucking Paul's life easier Then fuck, get over dude It was just one of those things Where I don't watch Smackdown So dude, I didn't know who the fuck You were And I apologize but some of us that are in professional wrestling actually watch sports, watch film, occasionally read a book. I do other things besides watch wrestling. There's 394 hours of wrestling on television a week. I just can't do it. Tim, like, seriously, like, I love Kevin Nash, and I, I, and I like his character, and I'm trying to be empathetic because I know he's been going through stuff the last year or so, like some tragic stuff. But like, what a backhanded thing to say, like, like what, uh, because we're wrestling fans, like we don't like, we can't read a book or we we don't watch other sports or we don't like, oh, I'm sorry, but like all you idiots that are just like so tuned into wrestling, uh, a thing that I've made my whole career off of that I'm getting paid for now off of NWO merch sales still like you're going to go shit on those fans because they're saying, "Hey, we like La Knight," and you're you're talking about someone that you don't even watch. That you're saying he's like ripping everyone off. Like, what? What do you get a clue, dude? You know what I mean? Just stop. Just stop talking about him. You're coming off like a Jo. Because we're the like like Tim is that he's insulting the fan while apologizing am i am i crazy like i was just like i read that and i was like you gotta be kidding me dude well no it seems like he's he's making a point like
1: he's like well like i i made a judgment on some dude that i haven't even watched and now he's getting roasted for it and people are like kind of annoyed by it and now he's like you know fuck you guys (laughs) like it's like dude all right well if you don't watch wrestling then stop fucking commenting on it or stop yeah. doing your, your stop doing your click podcast which you do and you you make points about wrestling if you don't watch it then maybe you shouldn't do it if you're not in tune with what's going on then maybe shut it down dude like
0: yeah or don't comment on what you don't watch you know yeah. what i mean like talk about the click days talk about when you were in it or whatever that you know and then you have your your you know behind the scenes Information, but like, like just because we like take time out of our d- like days to watch the show and we're getting behind this guy, like doesn't mean that we don't have a, like, you know what I mean? Well, like we got kids, same... we got something like yeah, I got you know what? Like we it's don't same...
1: have to tune into it, Tom. It's the same people that got that tuned in to watch Kevin Nash. It's the same people like during his hour. Like, like for him not to respect that is yeah. ridiculous. But like. Um, I'm not sure if that's where he's going with it. Uh, you know, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's an old timer, you know, he's out of the game now, he's trying to do himself in, in Hollywood and all that. shit But, like,
0: well, it's not just... only that, Tim, like I said, he's gone through a lot this last year. He lost his son, and I know, like, there was a lot of things, like, where they were talking about certain things that he'd said on it. And, you know, as we know, especially as a bartender, these things, like, I see it that they. they Everything is projected. You know what I mean? It's all it projects itself into something else. What you're feeling, you know, so him doing this and the way he handles, he just seems he's coming off like one of these guys that just can never be wrong. He can, you know, yeah, I apologize, but it's because of this or that. And you idiots that don't ever read a book or, you know, don't have another life besides professional wrestling or talking about it. It's like, yeah, we all got other lives besides professional wrestling, dude.
1: It's like he's cutting a, it's like he's cutting a promo.
0: <laughs> I guess, you know, I guess he is. Hey, he's got us talking about it. So maybe he's doing the right thing, Tim, but it just, you know what I mean? It just, you're coming off like a douchebag, man. And like, it just, maybe that's upsetting because I love fucking Kevin Nash. You wear your outsider shirt. We're big well, no, fans I, of the NWO. Well the, and... well,
1: the main thing is like the people that want, that listen to Kevin Nash, like they might be fucking LA knife hands. And it sucks because L.A. Knight, has paid his dues. He's gone through the, the whole circuit, and he's now at the crescendo of what his career might be. And you have a, a Hall of Famer that has sway in the matter. He's one of the best that's ever done it. Has been. He's best friends the with the guy of-
0: that's the head of creative.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? And he's talking shit on you. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, give me a break.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Kind of self-awareness, dude.
1: You yeah. know?
0: And we love you, big sexy. And uh, you know what you're doing is just not too sweet. It's not too sweet. It's not too sweet. Too sweet. I like
1: sweet.
0: <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> All right, Timmy. That's gonna. Uh, we're gonna be coming to a crescendo on this show. Quite possibly the greatest Jabroni Drive show in the history of Jabroni Drive. As always, we appreciate you listening. Please give us a a, a follow, a subscribe, a a like, whatever you can do. Tell your friends that like professional wrestling to check out Jabroni Drive, the hottest professional wrestling show in all of professional wrestling shows. You might see a Judgment Day t-shirt on me next week. Oh, Oh, I love it. (laughs) To all of you out there listening, like we said, we appreciate you. We appreciate everyone that is listening. We love you, the Schmidt and Lavellites. Timmy, anything you want to say to all the Schmidt and Lavellites out there before we sign off?
1: Go fuck
0: yourself. No, no. i no, just kidding. I'm Perfect. sorry. Perfect. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we want to say night. two words. Timmy? Talk oh, thank, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.